Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. We are also on Patreon and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Joining me always is my co-host, Craig. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Johnny Mnemonic, the 1995 R-rated science fiction cyberpunk movie. It is about a data courier literally carrying a data package inside his head. He must deliver it before he dies from the burden or he is killed by the Yakuza. So, you've never seen this movie, have you? Right, so full disclosure, uh, no, I've never fully seen this movie. Mm. I didn't want to come into this and have another Legion incident. <coughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch Johnny Mnemonic once, and then we'll watch it together, and then we'll carry on. I okay. couldn't get past 20 minutes. I was like, I'm, ju- wow. I, I'm gonna, it's going to be like revising for an exam. I'm just going to do it on the night. Uh, director Robert Longo. Have you ever heard that mm-hmm. name before? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be very surprised if you had, because he is very much a one-and-done director. So mainly okay. music videos, and then this is his first feature film, and his last. <laughs> oh dear, a real Robert Short go, if you will. Exactly. Nailed it. So as we said, uh, William Gibson, uh, he wrote the screenplay. We said that a few of these uh, novels were the basis for the film, but according to uh, William Gibson, the movie was so heavily re-edited by the producers in order to make it a more mainstream movie, uh, it lost pretty much most of Gibson's and Longo's vision. So they do say that there is a Japanese version of this movie, which is very closer to the director's kind of vision mm-hmm. um but apparently they wanted to do like a really like noir black and white very kind of very contained movie and this just went fucking uh, into the stratosphere right so, <laughs> so I, I checked out right after ice T goes hey look a bridge and then disappears for no reason that's cool. when i was like i need to not watch this right now um so I'm I'm excited. Like Ice T's in mm. it, so that's an immediate win for me. He is in it. So let's jump into uh, the bit of the cast there. So Keanu Reeves, he's going to be mm. top bill, isn't he? Uh, he plays oh, yeah. jo- Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, he also plays uh, Johnny Silverhands in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, he also plays Johnny Utah in <laughs> Point Break. He also yeah. plays John Wick in yes. titular movie uh, John Wick. Uh, he also plays Ted Theodore Logan <laughs> in Bill and Ted. <laughs> I've actually, I've heard a podcast uh, talk about this, how Keanu Reeves always plays like a character called John, and they're like, oh, John Wick, and Johnny Silverhands, and Johnny this, and Johnny that, and then mm. in Speed, he plays Jack, and I was like, yeah, well, that's point. not a John, that's a whole <laughs> other name. Oh, it begins with J, so close enough. Uh, yeah, he's Keanu Reeves, you know, he's famous for films like The Watcher, and Chain Reaction. And Chain Reaction is a badass motherfucking film. You know he's Keanu Reeves. He's had a he's had a roller coaster ride, and everyone loves him again, and it's great. It's very true. Um, so the script was rumored to have been dumped on his doorstep, <laughs> a tactic that piqued his interest and led Brilliant. him to accepting the role of Johnny. Okay, this is the second thing with Keanu Reeves where he's just been like suckered into doing the. Because you know why he did The Watcher. I no. A friend Excuse of his me. signed his name. Oh, contract. nice. Yeah. Yes. Is, is as the Love rumor stuff goes. Like that. 
Um, yeah, so, you know, that's Keanu Reeves. Is he Canadian? Is he, Keanu Reeves is Canadian. He's a very nice guy. So I He's a very nice Canadian. guy, which just makes me think Canadian. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you had to uh, throw in somebody instead of Keanu Reeves, who do you think might have been attached to this film in his role? Okay, so purely because... It's 95. Does... 95. So this was at a time where the actor, I'm going to say, was doing roles of like, fuck it, we'll just see what happens. And mm. he was in another kind of cyberpunky uh, computer comes alive movie. Denzel Washington. Uh, no. So okay. uh, it was Val Kilmer. So he oh was my. going to star, but held out for some Batman money. And Sweet. he fucked off straight away as soon as he got the green light for that. He Do you reckon going that's going to come up in the, the documentary Val? Uh, doubt it. I, mean, I think this is such a blip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would even say Batman Forever is a bit of a blip as well. Yeah, the less said about that film, the better. Yeah. Uh, also, at one point, Christopher Lambert was uh, in contention for the lead role. Brilliant. I'd have loved it. That would have worked. I think that would have worked. Because again, you're picking again. You're cherry picking uh, actors who have been in like false, as in we now have passed their age. Mm. Future films. So, what was he in? The Fortress. Who? Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. I like how um, you say Christophe Lambert. It's Christophe Lambert. Yeah. It's Christopher Lambert. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, so it could have been. Val Kilmer could have been Christopher Lambert, could have been Denzel, could have been Russell Crowe. You know, I'd loved mm, any of these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, Never got... be Alex Winters. Oh, yeah. Good shout. Uh, Dina Meyer, uh, she plays Jane. So we probably best know her from Dizzy from Starship Troopers. Yeah. Uh, this is very much her first feature film uh, before she then went off to go and do, was it Dragonheart? Pretty sure uh, Dragonheart. Was she Dragonheart? God, yeah, was um... she? I haven't seen Dragonheart ages. Oh, that might be a future episode. Oh dear. And uh, yes, your boy, Ice-T, he plays yeah. J-Bone. And Brilliant. that's right, it's me, Ice-T, I care now. He's no longer frozen out of the family, so he can come back to being Water-T. That's it. Such a subtle joke in that show. Yeah, he's Ice-T, he's the best. Yes, uh, so if you're not familiar with Ice-T's work, he is uh, notorious for his song Cop Killer. Mm-hmm. That has caused a lot of controversy. Uh, he was very much known for his background in criminal activities, in terms of robbing jewellery stores and banks, and then he got into the army or some shit like that. Uh, he came out, and while he was in the army, he learned to be a pimp. It's a pretty interesting uh, autobiography if you get a chance to read it. I mean, I'm not going to stand for that being how we describe Ice T. <laughs> <laughs> He's Ice T, you know. He combined metal with uh, rap when he combined. What did he, was it Anthrax that he that's... kind of collabed with? Uh, wait a second. I don't think that's correct. Yeah. So bring the noise live by Ice T and Public Enemy. Uh, okay. Fair enough. And Anthrax. But anyway, so. And yeah, he's in films on... like Surviving the Game. Rick... Oh, back to my my favorite Ricochet. Yeah, he's uh, he's Ice T. He's great. Cool. So we got uh, Takashi Kintano. I believe mm. that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he plays Takahashi, so he is very much the big bad guy, sort of. I think he's sort of like slightly misaligned in this movie. Uh, I probably best know him for playing uh, Katano Sensei uh, from Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, and also as well, if you're thinking Takeshi, you're probably thinking Takeshi's Castle. That was, yes, he was the host of Takeshi's Castle. That is his namesake. 
brilliant. Didn't know that. Love there it. There you go. Do you ever watch Takeshi Castle back in the day? No one ever won. You didn't need to. It wasn't you about the winning. It's it about the about taking part. Every game is about the winning. Speaking of which, we haven't discussed our gaming activities of last week. How so? Well, we played three rounds of VR shoot 'em ups. Oh yes. Which you lost twice. Well, I was warming up into it. Uh, I'm mm. pretty sure I won the last game, which is always the most important game because that's the one that everyone talks about. And we played two rounds of mini golf, of which you you won one and lost heavily on the second. Yeah, because that I was, was like, like watching right. a car crash in slow motion. It was beautiful. You couldn't like, and I felt sorry for you at one point where the ball, what was it, just like rolled around the entire rim of the hole almost and came back towards you like how how did that happen but the thing is is because i was obviously shot with an overconfidence after winning the first one where i was mm. like i'll just try and you know do some trick shots kind of let you guys catch up a little bit and obviously... i mean you definitely came second in the first game regardless <laughs> regardless of letting us catch up you went from second to third fair uh then we've got uh i'm gonna butcher this name uh dennis akiyama I want to say mm-hmm. that. Uh, he plays Sinji, so he's the head of the Yakuza. Uh, he's been in some absolute right shite. Uh, so he's been in like Repo Man with... Uh, Emilio Estevez. No, uh, Repo Man with... What's his face? Jude, Jude Law? Law. Yeah, that's Jude, the one. The Jude Law one. Never saw it. Oh, yeah, don't. Uh, he was also in Resident Evil Afterlife. So, yeah. <sighs> I probably have seen it. Yeah, I think I've seen that, so I've probably forgotten it quite quickly. <laughs> uh, Dolph Lundgren, uh, he's a big name. He yeah. plays the street preacher. Uh, he was He-Man, he was the Punisher. and He was, this... Rock, he was Ivan Drago. He was Ivan Drago. Uh, this would be his last movie for 15 years. He took Brilliant. a big hiatus. I'm not too sure if this was the case uh, because of the movie. But there's a big gap in his CV. So what, did he come back with The Expendables? Yep, that's right. Brilliant. Okay, I quite like that. Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, So apparently nobody wanted Dolph Lundgren on the movie, as in director, producer. I don't don't think the casting wanted him. Uh, It was brought on by producers, uh, so he could bring in a sort of different demographic from what Keanu Reeves would bring in. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird thing, but this no, is no, why... no, and it's, it's it's that's kind of something we've discussed before. The '90s became the kind of thinking man's hero. Mm. Yeah, you, yes. Nicholas Cage is, and again, we can say that Nicholas Cage question mark, but his the characters he plays are intelligent characters who aren't jacked up beefcakes. They're yep. not Schwarzenegger. They're not Dolph Lundgren. Keanu Reeves falls into that category as well. So if you're going to find a kind of counterpoint to him. Mm. Dolph Lundgren's great. Yeah, I, I think this is probably actually why this next uh, actor was brought in. I want to say actor as well in brackets, uh, Henry Rollins. So he plays Spider, uh, probably best known for the beat fronting uh, Black Flag and the Henry Rollins band. Uh, don't know if you ever listened to any of that. Not no, so I was getting, I was getting, uh, I was helping someone move house the other day, and one of the people that I was uh, doing it with was is a fan of the show. He knew we were doing Johnny Mnemonic. He's like, oh yeah, Henry Rollins, dot dot dot, etc. Yeah. I then that night went home and was like, all right, who is this Henry Rollins guy? He's not for me. He's, uh... <laughs> He's quite an angry, shouty man. Yeah, I definitely don't he think felt he'd like Dennis Leary three. for the MTV generation. Yeah, he's doing something that is not my cup of tea. Yeah, if you uh, want to check out some of his music, I think one of his best tunes is called uh, Low Self Opinion. Absolute banger. It's kind of like almost like a, <laughs> in a weird way, like a self-help. Uh, music vid or music uh, song mm. 
you kind of yeah anyway you you listen to it so uh very very quickly we've got barbara sakoa uh she plays anna kalman uh, she plays the ai in the movie the one that's sort of on the tv screen which you'll see right 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 uh she's a german actress uh, famed for playing lola so uh speaking of germans uh we've got udo kier uh, yeah he plays ralphie uh, and Said so, no, German. Do love a bit of Uda Kier. Uh, he, I don't know. Do you ever play Red Alert back in the day? Red Alert Two. No. You didn't play. Oh, mate. What kind of childhood did you have? Uh, anyone out out there that did play Red Alert Two? Uda Kier actually played Yuri, uh, the kind of like psychic mastermind behind uh, the Russian army. Right. Okay. I mean, I know Uda Kier from being um, Suspiria. Oh yes, great show. And Blade. He's the kind of head of the pure vampires. Yeah, wasn't he also in another vampire movie? I think he was in Dracula 3000 or some shit. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and he's in... A teaser for you. He's in, been in a previous episode. Oh, has he? What's he been in? He was in Armageddon for like a oh, hot second. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, doesn't um, get a line. Gets about three shots. He's just there. He's Udo Kier. And yeah, he's an intense, scary looking actor who might very well be... A vampire. Uh, as I said, uh, Robert Longo and William Gibson originally intended to make this an art film on a small budget, but failed to get any financing. Longo commented that the project started out as an arty 1.5 million movie, but soon became a 30 million dollar movie. 30 million dollar movie because he couldn't get million and a half. I, I assume that when he says this, that nobody wanted to make a small art house film. So trying to score 1.5 million was always going to be a bit difficult for them to mm. try and even like in some sort of crowdfunding fashion. So going to a big studio, I think it's TriStar that did this movie, and they were like, yeah, cool, we'll buy the rights uh, for Neuromancer and we'll give you 30 million to do this movie. So with that, as you understand the budget, what do you think this made back at the box office? I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to watch it all and find out. That's really going to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll take a preliminary guess. Go on. Based on me knowing the notoriety of this film sucking. Oh, awesome. Actually, do you know what? I can give you a little bit of a tidbit, a little bit of help. This is one of the first movies to have a dedicated website to it for advertising. So a lot of the marketing went behind that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that it made 12 million. And that's my guess now. I'll, I may or may not change it after I've watched the movie. Uh, you're not too far off because uh, it made 52 million worldwide. Okay. No guessing. Thank you for the answer. <laughs> what you said? You just you fucking like, oh, uh, I'm going to say 12 million. I'm going to say 12 million now and then watch the movie and change it. It's like you don't listen to me. Well, you, you guessed, so I gave you the fucking answer. Brilliant. Right, on that note, uh, should we sit down and watch the movie? Let's do it. It is movie talk time. All right, back in the room. So that is an hour, 36 minutes that you are never getting back, Craig. Uh, so first initial thoughts. This movie is an absolute pile of shit. This movie might be worse than The Room. How dare you? It, it how dare you compare A be. to that masterpiece that is The Room? But how dare you insinuate that either of these films are bad? Okay, well, we'll get into the whole Room debate another day. <laughs> this was so nonsensical, sleep-inducing, headache-inducing. Tr- There's Hey, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen this, mm. um, number one, don't. But if you do... 
definitely go in expecting there to be a psychic dolphin. <laughs> because you guess what? There's a psychic dolphin in this movie. You would give out about the psychic dolphin. The psychic. Well, he's not really psychic, but he's. Well, uh... <laughs> it it destroys uh, Dolphin with a thought. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll touch on that. Yeah, and don't get wrong, like I really like the the conceit behind psychic dolphins because of the whole World War Two thing. And there's a great movie with I think George, ugh, George someone I forget his name, mm. the guy that played Patton. Um, but wow, this movie sucks, and literally <laughs> no redeeming factors to it apart from Ice Tea. What? Apart from Ice Tea. Apart from Ice Tea. Yeah. Interesting. You okay. take out iced tea. You put vanilla ice in this. This is a, a terrible movie. The terribleness of the movie, as, as you so put, uh, for me really comes from the jaunting uh, editing of this movie. Yeah. I, I really feel that it's, it's proper slapped together. It doesn't give a lot of scenes room to breathe. No. But also as well, just how uh, static and wooden some of the acting is in this movie. So definitely notably Keanu Reeves, who I believe was uh, nominated for a Razzie for this movie. Well, that's not fair. The, Sh- uh, the Shining got, uh, The Thing even, got nominated for a Razzie. Really? And probably The Shining too. The Thing got nominated for a Razzie for the uh, worst score. Wow. Yeah. Really? Done by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, shit. Well, what yeah. do they know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Do not listen to the Razzie. <laughs> um, I think where this movie, uh, like starts wrong it starts wrong so many ways the opening text crawl in with no words over it no spanish mm. sean connery yeah you always and need I've, a spanish sean i've connery. taken some notes in this for the first time in a long time oh good but the, it felt like it was written by like one of those automated computers you know when you're like mm. oh fill in the blanks or like we're just going to get this computer program to write a novel and it it's trash yeah it i kind of like, get what you're saying that slash two brothers in a van where <laughs> just the word every sentence was like oh really there's yakuza oh really the nas is taking over oh the black shakes oh it's the year 20 th- the year 2021 hey it is. um yeah it's shocking so yes you're right it is the year 2021 society is driven by virtual internet which has created a degenerate effect called nerve attenuation syndrome yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah you whatever. know what? NAS. Uh, it is, yeah, NAS. Uh, so mega corporations control much of the world, intensifying the class hostility already created by NAS. So, um, but I'm also to... there's low techs. There are some low. There are low tech. We'll get to the low. Which they're not really low tech, but <laughs> they're not low tech at all. Um, so to kind of give you a bit of an idea about this uh, text crawling at the beginning and even the hotel room scene that we're about to delve into, this was all filmed months later after films wrapped. Uh, so they felt that their story needed some more background because the movie obviously just didn't make any sense. So you had the title cards and you had the exposition from... Uh, was it Ralphie and Keanu Reeves' character Johnny in the hotel room? So, uh, yeah, just to give you a bit of background to the listener, because you're probably never going to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, Johnny Mnemonic is a mnemonic carrier, or courier, uh, depends how you want to pronounce it, who discreetly transports sensitive data for corporations in a storage device implanted in his brain at the cost of his childhood memories. Yep. So, yeah. That, so, yeah, 10 as old as time. We've all been there. <laughs> 
So I find this quite interesting that obviously if you you've not played the computer game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You mean the game that came out and glitched for like seven years? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, the game that's still fucking broken and Xbox won't give me the fucking refund for it. Shockingly, I haven't played that game. No. Yeah, fair. Um, it's 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 almost the same premise. It's like the guy is a smuggler and he puts shit in his head and then uh, the chip malfunctions and starts to trying to kill him. So, right, and both starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, yes, Keanu Reeves is in the game. He plays the uh, Johnny Silverhands. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You're, you're so, not going to watch this movie. You're never going to play the fucking video game. So. Oh, God, I'm never going to play that video game. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, we open inside the internet. We do. And yeah, so. again, for context, like, we talked about the VR earlier. Did you have to do the bit on the reset when our, our guns and packs malfunctioned? Where you're just inside, essentially, like a Windows Vista screensaver. Yeah, yeah. That looked really cool. The yeah. rest of the stuff with the zombies and stuff was also very cool, very intense. Yep. This looked like Lawnmower Man. Yeah, great reference. Do you know what? I fucking used that reference the other week and I can't remember what it was, but I just wrote, I, I remember saying Lawnmower Man. And people oh, it was, like, it was to me and Howie at the VR. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was to me and Howie at the VR. Oh fuck! What did I? Because you were it like, ah, oh, something, something, something. Lawnmower Man, and Howie was like, I forgot that film existed. And anyway, yes. No, because Howie said something. He was like something, something man, and I said more like Lawnmower Man. But okay, it was it was that. It was this that is all getting instance. cut anyway, but because yeah, we can't oh, remember sure. the fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it oh. was funny at the time. We all got a big laugh out of it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, hotel room. Yes. We're in. Uh, TV to dial Ralphie. This is truly the no, future. No, no, I'm sorry. I can't overlook it. And this is probably the problem with me taking notes now. But <laughs> the first line of the film is just the, the prostitute call girl, whatever you want to call her, escort. Yeah. Walking into the room and going, so where is home? Not as a, like there's too long a gap. For that mm. to have been a response to a call. So she's just walking in being like, so the theme of the movie. Anyway, I'm off. Um, <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, for, no, it was so nonsensical. Just to have him be like, would you believe it if I, didn't, if I told you I didn't know or something? She's like, yes, anyway. So it just mm. leaves. If you're saying that that was written and shot after the entire movie, I 100% believe it. And I 100% believe that the screenwriter and director was just like, fuck it, we've got to do it. Don't put any thought into it. How yeah. do we ask? How do we ask the theme of the film in a very uh, subtle way? Fuck subtlety. Let's go. Well, I think with that as well, kind of fuck subtlety because they basically give the premise of why he's doing all this shit in the first place. So huge exposition dump. So the conversation between him and Ralphie is that Johnny needs 1.5 million to remove the implant device and return to normal, but he has to do one more courier run. Uh, mm. So, as I was saying, this is the point where. I feel sets the tone of the movie in terms of like the uh, Keanu Reeves acting ability. It's it's so fucking stiff and wooden. It's like it's it's jarring. It's yes. really like wow. I, you know, when you kind of like right, uh, text and title and all this shit. Like okay, cool, I'm in, and this movie's just taking me right out in the first two minutes. Fuck, yeah. you've got your work ahead of you, boy. If you want to me to come along for this uh, hour and a half, yeah, it's 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 that it's wooden acting and the bad screenplay writing, because 
there's a pet peeve I have. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure many other people have it. I hope many other people have it. But in the amount of time that you and I have been speaking, how many times have I used your name? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you really do in conversations. No, the answer is the answer is zero because you know your name, I know your name, you know (laughs) that I know your name, and I know that you know that I know your name. But Johnny and Ralphie, every sentence, it's like, "Hey Johnny, hey Ralphie, Johnny, we need you to go here." Well, you know, I don't go there, Ralphie. Johnny, hey Ralphie, you really want? It's like, "Fuck you, Tommy Wiseau wrote this." (laughs) Yeah, it's. It's just as well, because um, when we think of uh, Udo Kier, when he's on screen and he's smoking, it sets up such a great visual, and he's obviously so engaging and charismatic, and then you're just basically talking to a brick wall that is Keanu Reeves. Mm. It just bounces off. You know I mean? That's it, yeah. Udo Kier's got some, like, got uh, some androgynous and some... kind of, yeah. like metrosexuality going mm. on and then Keanu Reeves the worst example of the thing I just said as well with like the oversimplifying and giving the name is when he goes and picks up the data from the two kind of hacker guys um, and they're like oh you're going to be met by your courier in New York Ralphie <laughs> like, he knows oh, who his courier is he's yeah. done this enough or just say Ralphie for fuck's sake yeah but yeah, that uh, this sets up the whole um, kind of inner drama of the movie, the kind mm. of highest stakes. He's got an 80 gig limit. He lies about getting an upgrade or he's got a 160 gig limit and he yes. gets 320 gig given to him uh, by these hacker nerds. Now, look, this is a nitpick. But mm-hmm. if you're taking jobs and that's wiping your memory and you're going to suffer psychological damage from taking a job, just keep doing jobs because eventually this LTM, this STM is going to fuck off. Yeah. It's not going to become LTM. There is no drama here. There is absolutely zero conflict. There is made conflict around it. Yeah, I kind of, I feel the conflict maybe should have come from if there was something about the operation and about the idea of a having to cost more money to get more memory wiped to then obviously increases your debt so you become in this perpetual cycle of almost like um i'm gonna say slavery but kind of like in servitude mm. to this ralphie guy so it's like okay so bigger bigger jobs creates this bigger almost debt in a way and it just comes a perpetual and yeah and that's that's how any kind of controlling force gets you that's yeah. You, know, you start small, you know, kill a bug, pff, no big deal. And then six years later, you know, you're storming the beaches. <laughs> uh, the scientists encrypt the data with three random images from the television feed and start sending these images to a receiver in New York, New Jersey. But they are attacked and killed by the Yakuza, led by Shinji, before mm-hmm. the images can be fully transmitted. Yep. Now, I know I've obviously brought up Red Alert 2, uh, so it makes me think that you probably Wait, never played... Is it played... Command and Conquer Red Alert 2? Yeah. Yeah, I never played it. I was just checking. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so I doubt you ever played the game Syndicate Wars. No. No? Um, no. This, the aesthetic of the Yakuza and the big corporations, 
and things like that is heavily influenced by uh, things like Neuromancer, the obviously the books that it's written on. Yeah. But the Syndicate Wars is very much influenced by that stuff as well. So it just right. it, like massively screams to me that's like, oh yeah, it's just like Syndicate Wars. So uh, Johnny escapes with his portion of the images as he flees Beijing. Johnny is pursued by both the Yakuza as well as security forces for Pharmacon, one of the mega corporations run by Takahashi, both seeking the data he carries. Um, he was going to deliver it to Udo Kier anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and Udo Kier was working for the Yakuza. Why the fuck did they need to try and kill him? So these are Why did they need to the go questions in? that you don't need answers Why to. Why did they need to go in, guns blasting, and risk a bullet ricocheting into Johnny's head mm. when he was just going to turn up at the spot regardless? So it's never always going to be the case that it would be a double cross or a backstabbing by Ralphie, but obviously between... This uh, escape to when he then actually delivers it, there's been some sort of connection. That sounds like that? a reach. It is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do a lot of reaching in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there's a lot of reaching <laughs> that happens in this. Um, we get a bit more with Ralphie here and his kind of um, introduction to Dina Meyer. Yeah, so uh, we initially have the cab call conversation. So he's obviously pissed off that the deal's been blown demands to know what's really going on so this is where obviously again you get to really see Keanu Reeves struggling with his range here it's a bit uh, it's like yeah, yeah. It, it just seems so like boxed in do you know what it feels like as well it's like uh, and again this is not coming from someone who has any knowledge of like in-depth acting it's just someone that loves movies and, and watches movies all the time mm. and has an idea of production has a little bit of an idea about this and that. So when I watch an actor like this just fucking bottle it, I honestly feel that he's like, it's not like he's nervous. It's just like he seems like pent up. He seems like really almost like stressed in a way. Like he can't almost relax into the role in that sense. It's like it's re a really bad script. Well, that's... And the stuff he's saying doesn't make not doesn't make any sense but it's so 100% obvious and on the nose mm. any self-respecting actor because Ken Reeves isn't a bad actor this is he gets a load of stick in the same yeah. way that Matthew McConaughey did but for reference this week I rewatched The Matrix Ken Reeves is great yeah I feel that obviously he's not and when I say the stiffness comes from I honestly feel that it comes from lack of direction yeah. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, as you said, that this uh, director is a music vid director. This is his one and done. Mm. I just don't feel like he gets any command from the actors or he kind of has any say on the character motivations that are developing within the scene. So Dina Meyer's whole thing is that she wants to be a bodyguard mm. for Ralphie. Yes. So she walks up to him and is like, oh, hi, Ralphie. It's me, Dina Meyer, Ralphie. Ralphie, Ralphie, <laughs> Ralphie, Ralphie, Ralphie. Um, yes. But she can't work for him because, God damn it, she's got them shakes. In the meantime, Keanu Reeves has to escape a bold man and what very much feels like the Duke from Escape from New York. It does have that little vibe mm -hmm. to it. So the uh, cab eventually drops Johnny off in a dark alley. Never a good sign. Uh, observers, J-Bone, played by Ice-T, and his aide, his man-child. Oh, his character might just be called, might as well just be called fodder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My man-servant. Yeah. Um, they uh, above detect the memory implant, but leave him alone. Nice. Johnny meets two armed men, but when threatened with decapitation, he escapes the building. 
So obviously planting the little mine beforehand. He knows what's up. He oh he, yeah, his motion detector mine. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. He's he's not his first rodeo, is it for our Johnny mnemonic? That's right. So uh, in confrontation outside, uh, J Bone helps Johnny kill the two. Johnny then goes to confront Ralphie, claiming he was set up. Yeah, but he is taken from behind, giggity, uh, with a knockout drug. So when Ice, so Ice T's fodder dies first. Yeah. And then I see like ninja parallel, uh, was it abseils down to him yeah. from like the twentieth floor? He is an absolute cross between. Did you ever watch Cave Girl on Channel Five? Oh, what a shout! Yeah. Yes, of course I did. And did you also watch The Tribe on Channel Five uh, or The Tribes? Me. Load of tribes in like a post. <laughs> oh, real good description kind of there. Dis- no, you dude, watched that version uh, called Tribes. It came it's out about tribes. Like you know, it had all the tribes in it. My sister watched it, and it was um, dystopian kind of cyberpunk future where all the different tribes are competing to like beat the other tribes, and it was a Channel Five thing. So you know. So is it like like uh, was it Fort Minor or Fort Mayo or whatever the fuck it used to be called? What's that? What's Fort you know, uh, It had like Channel Five. It was like a fort. Uh, Fort Boyard. There oh, Fort go. Boyard. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm with you there. Fort Minor, that's the band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he looked very, very cave girly, very uh, tribesy. It looked ridiculous. Mm. Don't get me wrong, he's iced tea. He's the coolest man in the room, but fuck, he looks so dumb. He's not playing a kangaroo, <laughs> and that's good. Yeah, fair. And for, for anyone who hasn't seen Tank Girl, that's what that reference was. Uh, so uh, Johnny is. Uh... As I said, knocked out, uh, but he is rescued by Jane, a mm. cybernetically enhanced bodyguard, and members of the anti-establishment Lotex, and obviously with their leader, uh, J-Bane, which you later find out. So spoiler alert, sir. Uh, in the tunnel after his escape, uh, Johnny asks for help to get the data out of his head. He admits he had to dump some of his own childhood memories to make space for the uploaded data. Yeah, Jane and Johnny escaping from... Uh... The, the two people like that that whole foot race mm. was ridiculous because the bad guy with the kind of what do you want to call it laser garot wire yeah it's kind of like it's almost like a piano wire but it's lasered yeah. isn't it yeah um they're like half shuffling around he'll like take a half one two jump around the corner and the udo kier's awful it seems bodyguard is also with him taking a half one two jump and it felt like they wanted to do the scene where the snake lady runs away from harrison ford in blade runner Mm. and then went yeah we'll figure it out on the day and didn't what i thought was a bit fucking weird was jane's weapon it was like a fucking (sighs) like a whip slash baton like you know the one that's extendables but it had like a little razor on the end of it 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 felt like one of those toys that you whip around your wrist (laughs) <laughs> you know the yeah. ones I'm talking about? Good shot. But also she kept them with the bartender. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a silly, like, yeah, okay, cool, who cares? But Tango and Cash does the same thing where, um, oh, what's her name? Lois Lane from The New Adventures of Superman, uh, Terry Hatcher, Terry goes Hatcher. up to the bartender and is like, yo, give me my drumsticks. It's like, I'm working the bar here, actually. Yeah. You hold on to your own drumsticks and death weapons for fuck's sake. But yeah, it's all mate, just to set up that this bartender's got a me- mechanical arm. 
There is that. When, mate, when I used to work behind bar, people always used to try and fucking put their shit behind it. It's yeah. like, hey, I've got no fucking room behind it because this is tiny as fuck and whoever yeah. owns this place is obviously trying to get every square inch for fucking fitting customers in here. Did you did you ever have the old, like, oh, can, can, you, can you just put my phone on charge? Like, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Like, all the time, mate. Oh, I'd oh be of course like, I'll put no. it on charge. Open a beer, making a cocktail. Oh, um, do I have any messages? No, 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 I'm not your secretary. That's not how this works. Take yeah. the phone back or accept the fact you're not going to be in contact with people oh no i just 100 percent just say no mate because we're not liable for damaging your phone you know what i mean so oh i didn't care about that you know, well obviously i wouldn't give a shit either like but it's just a kind of easy off yeah, you know, yeah cuff yeah. oh sorry mate yeah policy you know having people's shit behind the fucking bar now fuck I'd, off, always, I'd always keep a pack of cigarettes behind the bar as well for the like two o'clock well, mm. uh, the bar I used to work at closed at one o'clock even. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, you, mate, any chance, cigarette, I just need five, I'll give you five pounds for a cigarette. I was like, absolutely. Don't even smoke. <laughs> you take them away, friend. Um, I always found that when you, uh, when people offered to pay for cigarettes, people almost expect you not to accept the money for it. Oh, 100%. You know, like, oh, can they, I give they, you some money for your cigarette? Yeah, how much? And they're like, oh, I'll give you like two quid for a cigarette. All right, give me the money. And they, yeah. they did look at you like somehow you fucking robbed them. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you came to me with this deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not just losing or gaining anything. Fuck this you. is capitalism. That is purest. Man, I wouldn't, I, I would never work behind a bar again. I don't have, care how much you paid me. It sucked. It sucks. It's just like, do you know what I used to hate about that job as well? Is the level of actual responsibility you had to fucking everything and you were paid fuck all money uh, to do something. It's quite a like, high-pressure, stressful job. It's just like you have a lot of people demanding from you uh, your, your, your time and effort and you obviously had to then uh, be quite speedy, had to be very precise, obviously. You know, I used to make uh, a lot of cocktails and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously dealing with drunk people fucking hate that's like you know bars working in restaurants and bars and stuff like that would be great if there were never any drunk people wouldn't it be amazing yeah just start selling zero percent booze mm. yeah exactly <laughs> but then it's just it's the long shifts it's the hours and it's the physical toll it takes on you from fucking standing up all fucking day and rushing around on your feet and then Ant- when you anti-social hours as well very anti-social you work in anti-social anyway because you're working mm-hmm. uh, mainly the, the busy nights which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday yeah. normally when everyone else is going out and your days off are like Mondays and Tuesdays and shit and then there is that fucking sweet spot though when you've had a hard fucking shift and everyone's out the fucking bar and you go out the back or you know back in my day obviously you could still smoke indoors you'd have your first proper beer of a sit-down beer and a fag and you're like cool that was a hard shift but this is all worth it yeah that's it it's all worth it for popping open that corona and just being like mm. ah, yeah, okay yeah. Good shit. i need i need to be at work in four hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to now fucking clean this fucking place. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, I've got to take out the broken glass and fuck. Yeah, I've got yeah. a fucking sweep. I've got to wash the fucking floor mats. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then it's like, right, well, then I've got to come back in for fucking midday tomorrow to restock all the fucking fridges and do a you know, restock of the bar, mm. cut all the fruit. <sighs> yeah, do not days. miss it. Do, do not, not miss, miss it. it. So in this escape with uh, Jane and Johnny... <laughs> back to the movie. Yeah, back to this. Uh, back to Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, Jane saves the day and Johnny's like, oh, what have you got in the bag? And she's like, oh, mm. just everything a growing girl needs. Lipstick, mascara, pen, grenade, 
But she's got this bright pink Chekhov's grenade where it's like the camera zooms in on like, in case you didn't hear she about grenade, here it yeah, is in wink, pink. Wink. It, on yeah. her nose. Yeah, I mean, here it is. Absolutely, yeah. For fucking subtlety be damned, foreshadowing be damned. It's like, we're going to use this, guys. Mm. guys gonna, don't worry, stick around. There's going to be a grenade that goes off. It was terrible. Um, so in the tunnel, uh, Johnny does ask for help to get the data out of his head, but he admits he had to dump a lot of his own childhood memories to make space for the uploaded data. Johnny wants to get out of the courier business, and all he wants now is a computer. What I need is a computer. I need a computer. <laughs> it's just Nicholas Cage. Yeah, it's probably Nicholas Cage. In a minute, he's got, and I mentioned earlier, Dennis Leary, he's got a real Dennis Leary speech where he's like, I want room service. Yeah, good shout I want a cold beer and a $10,000 a night hooker. <laughs> it's, all, it's like Nicolas Cage and Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. Mm, you know, yes. that, that's exactly what he's doing. Or Carlito's way. Yes. Just, or, or even he, any form of Al Pacino, basically, <laughs> apart from The Godfather. So they break into the electronics store and Johnny gears up with the basically a lot Oculus Rift and mm. Nintendo Power Gloves. Yeah, proper so. Nintendo Power Gloves. It's um, Philip K. Dick watched this and was like, well, say, I've got an idea for Minority Report. Mm. It's, um, it's one of those things, though. When it, this is so fucking 90s. Uh, did you also catch the fact that he asked for an iPhone? Yes, I did, and I assumed it was just something that wasn't an iPhone. It, so it's an iPhone, as in E Y E. Right. Yeah, phone, that's kind of where I was iPhone. at with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just quite a little funny uh, nod there. Uh, I need a Samsung Galaxy bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like the fact that he's uh, reeling off all this fucking. I need a, you know, fucking the next Nvidia fucking graphics card or whatever uh so in the uh it dives in if you didn't realize this is the fucking 90s uh this is what people could do with cgi and this oh, yeah. is what uh, people in the 90s thought uh the internet would be like in 2021 so <sighs> really <laughs> it's, it's terrific how bad they got it the only thing they got right was when he was walking around china everyone was wearing face masks they got that about 2021 mm. correct Good shout. But the thing is, you know what? I think that it's almost ahead of its time because, as we said, we went to go fucking play some virtual reality shit. And as I obviously mentioned there, it's very similar to the Oculus Rift. I feel that it's coming. It, it's, it's just not there yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's like the interactivity between human interfaces and technologies always striving to get into that sort of virtual reality space. Mm-hmm. But the technology itself just feels a bit clumsy and a bit clunky. Like the fact that when we did the VR shit, we had to wear those fucking jetpacks. Yeah. And then like halfway through the fucking games, the battery's running out already. And then you had little ob job fucking running over, changing the battery like mid-game. And you're just like, yeah, yeah okay, cool, awesome. Um, it's just the... Uh, as I said, I feel the technology is just not there. It's the same with fucking 3D glasses. Remember oh, yeah, that? no, and don't get me wrong. Like, no... 
and I, you know, give me five minutes to think of it. I probably proved myself wrong, but no film I can think of has gone, oh, this is going to be the technology of the future and been 100% accurate. Mm. I feel like, in a way, just to kind of tap on what kind of what you said there, when I watched Judge Dredd, as in Dread 3D, yeah. that was the first film which I really thought that they actually really used 3D quite well. Mm. And I thought to myself, when I was watching that movie, probably a slight bias because I loved the fucking movie, I thought, do you know what? This is where cinema could go with big action films. It could really make it quite visual. Mm. But at the end of the day, you don't go to movies just for the visuals. You go for lots of story depth. You go for you know character development. So you can't just rely on the gimmick, which is 3D. Mm. And I feel like that's the same with virtual reality. So you can't rely just on the fact that it's virtual reality. You have to be entertained. There has to be a reason why you're using virtual reality. So if I just wanted to watch, say, sports on TV... Am I going to enjoy it more because I'm watching it through headsets? No. Am I going to watch it more better because it's on my 3D television? Yeah, I don't think so. And if the technology isn't there, I don't think I'm ever going to buy into it. Do you have a 3D television? No, no. I, oh, I, right. I, I, but, but saying that... <laughs> it was a hypothetical. What, That's cool. What, like five or ten years ago... I'll probably say about 10 years ago, 3D TVs were like in stores. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, 3D TVs are the ones you got to wear these fucking stupid fucking glasses. Yeah, that's it. it the, the pitching of 3D in the movies does take like every 20 years, there's a mm. new like, you have to watch it in 3D film. Yeah. And the biggest one of our generation is Avatar for sure. But I remember coming out of that and just being like, I fucking hate 3D because I feel that having the glasses on is almost slightly restrictive in my in my field of vision i like i have to look dead ahead yeah. and i can't move my eyes and and then if i do then the screen gets a little bit fucking blurry yeah the only film i've watched where i've been like oh okay this was great mm. and i was not sober was Ready Player One in 3D, and I did it with the 4DX seats as well. Uh, okay. And so when the DeLorean does the man with the golden gun flip in the first act, and I'm there going, yeah! It, it, <laughs> it, it stuck with me as like, all right, that one allows it. Because as well, like, the film, the story of Ready Player One was engaging enough where I was like, I'll, I'll sit through this. Uh, Mate, you ever read the book? Perception. No. Oh, mate, don't. Uh, it's literally just like, it might as well be a shopping list. Yeah. It's like, so I was oh, in my Batman imagine. suit in a DeLorean standing yeah. next to the fucking Batmobile. It was just like pure reference and fan service. Yeah. It's almost like, it's, it's barely a fucking book. Well, speaking of things that are barely any form of medium, back to Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> so, uh, and Dina Meyer, she has uh, an, a, a shake, a Black Shakes epileptic fit. Right, so just to pin us where, where of, we're at. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so we're still in the shop. Uh, we're in the 3D display environment, as we call it. He tracks down a fax number from the Beijing Hotel. Uh, using the local network number, he's looking for a Dr. Allcome. An IT tech notices the hack and informs Takakashi, however you pronounce that name, fuck it, of Johnny's location. We also get to see that uh, uh, Johnny meets some other fucking neckbeard online. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, neckbeard's such an accurate. <laughs> yeah. 
and he's like, get off my board. And then Johnny does his fucking karate kids. Oh, Johnny uh, does the crane, dude. He does, Johnny he does, does the crane. It's like, crane. I can crash you from here, man. Yeah. And wow. it's like, you're kind of like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to post a shit post on fucking 4chan or something like As that. It's going to slam down. He's going to send his fucking Mountain Dew flying when he slams his hands down and call yeah. his mum for help. Exactly. I best listen to him. So uh, with that, we see a virus is uploaded and they know where they are. And then Dina Meyer gets to use her pink grenade. And the, the very recently mentioned pink grenade. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, and that's a short-lived fucking payoff. Absolutely. Set a payoff. Set a payoff. <laughs> uh, she has her, little, her, her moment and uh, they have to go to uh, Henry Rollins. Yes, so we get to see the effects of what the fuck it's called, uh, SAR or uh, the NAS. That's the NAS, one. yeah, yeah. NAS, 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 NAS. There we go. That's the, that's what we're calling it, NAS. So she's having the black shakes, and she tells Johnny Mnemonic to take her to Spider, played by Henry Rollins. So. Uh, hey. Here we are. Right. <laughs> uh, with this in between, uh, we go to Pharmacon Skyscraper, where Sinji makes a video call to Street Preacher, played by Dolph Rundgren, a uh, cross and candles pseudo-cleric, and offers him a contract to get Johnny's head. You can't introduce Dolph Lundgren late, this late into the movie well, and guess expect what? it to be okay. <laughs> No, you can't do it. He needs that. Uh, no, every other word he says is some sort of religious, either pun, yeah, or like rhetoric, where he's like, so, um, I think Takeshi's like, oh, I need your services. Like, we have lots of services every day. You're more than welcome to join. It's like he's obviously talking about the fact you're a contract killer. <laughs> Let's leave the Bible shit out of it. Also, yeah. your camera inside your Bible. Amazing. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um, one of the things about, you know, we're talking about the Japanese edits. Mm. Uh, Dolph Lundgren has way more scenes in it and he has way more character development in it as well. And he in also... That he had 1% character development. It's already more. So apparently, I've not seen this, but I've heard it. In one of the scenes, he's meant to be doing a sermon to all these women affected by NAS. But he's butt naked. You know what? That's that's how you introduce Dolph Lundgren into your movie. First Fair. act, set him up like that. And you don't even need to keep him in the through line throughout. You're just like, oh, we're seeing random scenes of this kind of mm. naked priest gone wrong who's <laughs> enhanced his body so much. Right? Yeah. That's his thing. I think so. Because you get the little street urchins that are yeah. having a look for the binoculars. And <laughs> they... Nice. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, fucking don't mess with him. He's the street preacher. Oh yeah, yeah. The street preacher's out, man. But you don't. It's like um, Jude Law in Road to Perdition. He is not a feature of that film till the end, but he keeps yeah. popping up in random scenes where you're like, you know, mm. if you see him there, you know it's setting him up. And no, to bring him in at this point and have him have, I think, three scenes. One of which where he loses to a dolphin in a fight. Yeah. Uh, Dolph <laughs> versus dolphin. They, who could have written that? Um, or how about if he could smell crime? Oh, I like it. Yeah, and f <laughs> full penetration. And he Always. he runs on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that he he comes in and starts the first fight with Johnny 
Henry Rollins and Jane. Well, you kind of miss it, to the, or you're kind of jumping over slightly something, because obviously before they uh, get to the clinic, they jump into a van slash bus. Oh, yeah. they And then they in... fucking run for <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. So... Yes, they do. Oh, that was great. He doesn't move. He's just like, yeah, I got it. I'll take it yeah. on. So the fact that, hey, Henry Rollins probably knows who he is, and he's like, oh, fucking, puts, I'm pretty sure he puts his foot down when he sees him. Oh, yeah. But that's your first introduction for these characters to Dolph Lundgren, like the preacher. You've just run this guy over. Yeah, he's going to be a bit pissed off. <laughs> he's probably oh. going to come after you and fucking try and kill you. You fucking just ran him over. Absolutely. And that would actually be a better, again, narrative twist, is that through the kind of chaos of them escaping from the Yakuza, by the way, for fuck's sake, they (laughs) accidentally run down a notorious hitman who's slash priest, who also then starts tailing them, but for his own little vendetta, as opposed to, uh, we're going to phone your Bible phone and, uh, yeah, take the job. I like how he steps out into the street as well, just like as this as this lorry is barreling down. It's like halt, sinners! Yeah, halt, sinners! Just... Absolutely, bam! And later on in the film, was like, "What satanic ritual is this?" It's like Dolph. Yeah. I do Dolph, like Dolph, that he's Dolph, Dolph. he's the only one that I think's kind of going over the top with it. You know what I mean? I think he knows what this. He knows movie what is. the movie is exactly, <laughs> and that's a, that's a great set. When you find someone who knows what the movie is, it's like, all right, cool. You keep it up. Did you not think that, why did they have to go from one location to the other? Like, why were they in Spider's workshop, but now they had to go all the way to the clinic? Oh, because Spider doesn't take his work home with him, you know? It was probably more the fact that so they could get Keanu Reeves onto a vehicle slash bus slash lorry. Yeah, absolutely. obviously, he's just done fucking speed, hasn't he? <laughs> so they wanted to get that same similar visual... Wow, him a, in the windscreen. That's such a great point. Yeah, and then no, that's the, actually that's actually fucking why. Like, oh, is it legit why? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. The producers wanted sake. him to be on a fucking vehicle at one point in the movie, and they're like, "Fuck, uh, yeah, <sighs> we'll just get him to go from here to there." Brilliant. I mean, God damn it. Yeah. So Spider now reveals that uh, he is Doctor All Come. You know, Doctor All Come. Um, I was like, oh yeah, very clever. Um, I always thought that was actually a real thing as well. And I asked Helen about this, and I was like, hey Helen, is this like a fucking is Doctor Allcomer thing? And she's like, what? <laughs> what fuck are you talking about? And was, uh, Spider claims that Pharmacon refused to release the cure as they are profiting off the mitigation of NAS. Unfortunately, even with the portion of the encryption avengers that Johnny has taken. What Spider has received is not sufficient enough to decrypt Johnny's mind, and Spider suggests that they go see Jones at the low tech space. And it's straight up, you're explaining the plot to me. I still don't know what's happening in this film. Mate, I was struggling to read that. <laughs> I was like, that like <laughs> they need to get the shit out of his head. Johnny refuses because there's too much of a risk that he's gonna die, mm. so now they're gonna need to have help from a dolphin. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you which don't is hanging out a... with Ice T. Which yeah. is definitely the puff, puff, puff circle you want to be in. Exactly. Uh, but shit goes down and Carl, that's his name apparently, the street preacher, uh, he's an assassin hired by Takayashi to attack the clinic, killing Spider as Johnny and Jane escape. So I don't really get this part. Uh, why the fuck he goes on a mental case and obviously kills Spider off screen, I might say. Yeah, so, I mean, number one, it's because he ran him down in the truck. 
Like that should there be the drive. That Number should two, be um, when he's fighting them, uh, Dean Meyer, Johnny, and um, I'm just going to give them all random names. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jane, Johnny, and Spider. Jane's like, we've got to leave now. It's our only chance. As the preacher is on the floor and the three of them are all tooled up, stood over him. Oh, like, 100% made it piss me off so much. You uh, are, well, no wonder Udo Kier didn't want you as his bodyguard. You're shit. What about the other hundred fucking doctors that are on site? How, how about, exactly? Why don't they fucking help? Oh, you know, Johnny's gun? How about all the fucking doctors who've probably got surgical knives and other fucking sharp instruments? How about they fucking help out? Yeah. Oh, by the way, how about Doctor All Come? Hey, because yes. we've got a fucking mental dude. This is why we have that call sign in the first fucking place. Why don't you come help out? But yeah, no, that it was ridiculous. It's our only chance. Like, no, it's not. Kill him, and you can just walk out there, and then mm. Henry Rollins doesn't die. So the two reached the low tech base, which I is this is New Jersey. New York. Newark. Do you know what? When I was a kid, when I first watched this, I didn't realise that Newark was actually a place. I thought oh, it okay. was a. I thought it was a butchering of New York. Ah, okay. I was like, oh, maybe in the future they call New York Newark. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like I mean, New Orleans. Yeah, kind of. They call it New Orleans. New Orleans. Who the fuck calls it that? People from New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans, yeah. I'm from New Orleans. Yeah, so it's Nork. Uh, <laughs> New York. Um, yeah, no, New York's a real place. That's where they are. The hideout's in a bridge. And this is the worst part of the film. Are you talking about when they drop the cars on the van? The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern fucking low-tech guys talking about all sorts of who gives a fuck. Being like, yeah. oh, can you hear something? No, I don't hear something. Do you hear something? Yeah, I heard something. Oh, look out the window. Oh, I see something. But hey, let's drop a fucking... Volkswagen Beetle on them. Da, 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 da. Ten minutes of screen time we didn't need. I don't know what the deal was. Like, why? Why give these two characters so much airtime when you're giving... Oh. These two guys have more airtime than Dolph Lundgren does. So this is where I do really wonder about actually this movie and how much got cut and how much was it actually referencing some of the books. So, things like the bartender, he's a character... <laughs> From yeah. the fucking... From the books. Yeah. Right? And you kind of get to see a little bit of, like, character development in some of the randomest places. So, obviously, you've got these two guys. But also, as well, uh, later on, when they're, uh, when they're sort of police or whatever the fuck they are, the Pharmacon special yeah, forces, yeah, yeah, yeah. are attacking the bridge, you get to see there's a bit of dialogue that happens between the two that are on the ground. And you get the chick with the rocket launcher... And you get to see a bit of back and forth between them two, and you're like, you're yeah, okay, you brought up, characters. you brought up my two next points that I've written down. Like, okay, and I, I, I cackled at that bartender because he gets like tortured by Dolph Lundgren, mm. and we've seen at this point. I mentioned it earlier. He's got a robot hand. He's got a yeah. fully like metal hand that does metal hand shit. And Dolph Lundgren has taught to way of torturing him is to put his metal hand in uh, Terminator 2 ni- liquid nitrogen and then crush yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Do it to now, the other hand. Use Do it to the human hand. Now, with this, when you see that um, metal arm kind of explode or break, you do yeah. get to see some sort of fleshy material in there. So I do assume that is more like a cybernetic enhancement or some sort of, you know, when we talk about... Uh, 
cybernetics or like cyborgs and things like that. It's sure. like human and machine together. So Which I assume it's meant Dolph to be Lundgren that. is. He's had the procedures to become more fully enhanced in that way, but he's still yeah. got skin covering it. Yeah. This guy, it did 100% just feel like metal hand. Yeah, so, but that's what I'm saying. So you can see that there's yeah. some mush in there. Yeah, yeah. And then, you're right. And then the rocket launcher lady, uh, something drops and blows him up, her buddy up. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's another car or something. And she's just like, Brody! I'm like, no, that's it. don't. Yeah. They Brody have doesn't names. get a name. Brody they have not, names. Brody's now on the cool sheet, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Get Brody out there. Just replace it with a good No. But that's what I that, that's what I mean. Like when I say there's there's got to be shit missing, or there's yeah. got to be stuff that was intended that just didn't make it, and we've seen remnants of it because there are some weird, as I say, character developments, or there's some weird sort of like plots that don't go anywhere, or there's some yeah. weird, like you know, say like the the fucking bodyguards from the beginning. You know, you had the bald guy, and then you had the fucking cowboy dudes, <laughs> and it's just like. You kind of think to yourself, yeah, I wonder if there's like a little bit more to them. Why Why is he a cowboy? <laughs> well, this is it. And if you're going to do that, do it for everyone. But they, the two they chose to do it to were the two like, oh, we're going to drop some bugs. I'm so spider. Yeah. The two low-tech guys that are hanging out in a crane or something. Yeah. Um, It's but, absolute trash. But we also get to see Keanu Reeves do his Vampire Weekend impression, where he's standing on top of the mound, yeah, and he's giving out his what do I say monologue, it's... his Dennis Leary and Demolition Man monologue, yes, yes. Uh, so I meant to be over there or some shit. Uh, I want, I I need to be in like you know three thousand dollar suits, <laughs> ten thousand dollar a night hooker. I want a co- cold beer and a hot meal. I want room service. Yeah. Now you know when you do um, screenings for for cast members. I know mm. you've, you're doing you're doing a table read soon, aren't you? For yeah, your... yeah, yeah. We got a couple of table reads coming up. Now, when you do uh, casting and stuff like that, obviously people can do snippets from um, plays and or other movies and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. How would you feel if someone came along and did this monologue? Honestly, I would hate it, but yeah. I would respect the person for doing it. <laughs> cool. Because you know what? It opens the door for me to then be like, oh, I can just talk to you now about films because you're not a film purist. You're watching yeah. the shit just like me. Let's get yes. into it. Oh, there you go. I'm Much thinking. like if they came and did the Al Pacino speech from Devil's Advocate or mm. anything, any like low grade movie that someone's going to come in and do, I'm like, all right, cool. You're talking my language. I don't agree with yeah, it, but so goddamn it, I understand it. So when I eventually get cast in one of your films, which. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you, and you will be my Brody. <laughs> Brody, yeah. no! Brody, no! Get killed off screen for my two seconds on, on top. <laughs> but you'll get <laughs> right. a name. I do um, get a name. Yeah. So, yeah, then, right. So, like, where the fuck are we? Uh... You know where we are, and we need to get away from it quickly. Psychic fuck Dolphin. It. That's all, all right. that's left in this film. So, the dolphin slash mammal, once used by the Navy, which can help decrypt the data in Johnny's mind. So with this, they start the procedure. Uh, Sinji and the Yakuza, Yakuza, Yakuza. Yo, the Yakuza is coming Yakuza, here. Yakuza. Oh, uh, you Takeshi... wanted Christoph Lambert. You know why you didn't get him? Because Sean couldn't play J-Bone. 
Exactly. Uh, Takeshi and his security forces and the street preacher, fuck me, it's a party, yeah. all attack the base. But Johnny, Jane and J-Bone and uh, the other low techs are able to defeat all three forces. The fact that the three heroes of this film are JJ and J mm. just gibberish. Triple J. Uh, yeah, so the only notable kind of moment in this is where Dolph Lundgren has kind of Johnny dead to rights mm. and Dinamaya targets the psychic dolphin's brain power at Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> And makes him grab two electrical wires, which, as we learned from Tango and Cash, you can't do. Yeah. Uh, and he dies like Christ on the cross. He does. He, he does die in some sort of Christ pose. I, I assume that it's meant to be some sort of EMP electromagnetic force that's fucking obliterating him. Because you get to see that re- quite weird visual of, like, he's got obviously some nuts and bolts in him. Yeah. The and then they're kind of exploding off him. And you'd be like, uh, absolutely fries him. Again, I shouldn't have watched it this week, but very reminiscent of Neo waking up from the bath in the Matrix. Uh, when yeah. all the when all the tubes pop off his chest. Psh, 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 yeah, okay, very, I'll give you that. Very similar to what's happening to Dolph. Yeah, in... that's fair. I, I like that. Uh, Takashi uh, turns up with his portion of the encryption key uh, before he dies, but this is still not enough to fully decrypt the data, and J-Bone tells Johnny that he will need to hack his own minds. Do you know what I really love about any of that stuff? Is that how they try to make hacking super cool? It's like, you know, you have like Hugh Jackman, and he's like almost like, sort of writing his symphony when he's on the computer and he's like looking up and he's like circling in his chair and he's just like oh my god and then he like has a wave of like in like an epiphany and he starts like typing away and he's like and you're just like cool and the introduction to Hugh Jackson uh, Hugh Jackson Hugh Hugh Jackson in that film is uh, him golfing naked that is true. So, you know, there's a lot of things here Johnny Mnemonic could have uh, influenced or been influenced by, just in and around. Mm, so, uh, the second attempt starts, and they are aided by the female AI. Johnny is able to decrypt the data and at the same time recover his childhood memories. So, with this, we get to see again some more 90s CGI. Uh, we get to see what kind of looks like a. Do you ever know what the Slim Jim Man looks like? No, no, what's the Slim Jim Man? <laughs> uh, it's it's American. Um, they used to have a guy called... Uh, well, you remember uh, uh, Randy Savage? Yeah, Russian of course, man? yeah. He used to eat the Slim Jims. Yeah, no, I know what like, Slim Jims you know, are. I just don't know what the Slim Jim... You yeah, know what yeah, Slim yeah, Jim. Yeah. All right, so Slim Jim Man uh, is kind of like a... He just has like a really tall, like long head, spiky hair. That's what it looks Got like. Got you. Anyway, so that reference has gone right out the window. Uh, but we get to see a little bit of Expedition as well, which, again, I fucking hate because uh, they're going inside and obviously they're watching on the big screen TV what's actually going on inside his head. And they're like, so what's he doing right now? And it's like, oh, he's making like a mirror image of himself. And then he's like, oh, don't worry because the mirror image is being destroyed. And you're kind of thinking like, I thought, aren't these, all these people like quite tech savvy? You know what I mean? They should probably all know kind of some of this shit. I mean, he, obviously, Johnny Mnemonic's meant to be this fucking hacker whiz kid 
or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but... Me- bear in mind they forget each other's names every sentence. So, <laughs> which is true. And then he's got to hack his own. Is it hack his own mind or hack his own head? Oh, I don't know, man. I think it's hack, I, hack your own head. I had so checked out past the dolphin psychic <laughs> abilities. I was like, just end it now. Yeah, just end the pain and suffering. 100%. So. So he manages to hack his own head by cutting out whatever the fuck it is that's firing shots at him and absolutely just Geordie kisses it. Nice. And gets the uh, gets the image out of it. So nice. Yeah, I, uh, we we have missed one thing and I, I should it was actually the one bit of the film where I was like, you know what? Good point. Henry Rollins's little speech about what the NAS is and it's all made by computers it's all the information that's mm-hmm. flying around us is what information, information overload is what etc 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 that's the one thing where it's like yeah she has 2021 in the fucking nutshell so did you get that the ai is actually meant to be a virtual version of johnny's mum i fucking i i kind of you, guess you thought it I would be like, something like yeah, yeah you, i yeah. i i i kind of like after watching it a few times i kind of did wonder like oh who is meant to be this you know what is, is there meant to be some significance to the fact that johnny and Monix actually deleted all his childhood memories he kind of makes it out as well that he's like oh my childhood was fucking shit and then i don't i'm not going to miss any of it and then when you actually watch back his childhood it, stuff, looks, it like, looks real nice looks like yeah it's like what the fuck are you talking about absolutely it looks like fucking cherry fucking... pineapple sauce kind of yeah, real rich kid yeah. problems here. I mean, it's like, fuck, you know, I didn't get the red BMW. I've got blue BMW for I'm my fucking I'm pretty sure easy. it shows him as a blonde kid, though. Well, I was blonde when I was young. Yeah, but you don't have jet black hair right now. I, I'm holding on to whatever hair I have left. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, dude, I found a massive grey hair this morning. It was not fun. Oh, grey's gray fine. I, I, If anything, I welcome grey hairs. Because yeah. it's makes still it hair? A bit, like, well, that and it kind of gives you a little bit of a bit of texture, a bit of the old salt and pepper, bit makes it look a bit distinguished. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the fact that I have a little bit of grey in my beard and stuff like that, I quite like. And obviously, I have a few little greys up in, but greys, you know, you can just dye that shit out if you want. Mm. Yeah. Nah. No, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll either lose it or let it go grey, but it's still depressing. I'm still in my twenties. Yeah, fair. Um, so as J Bone transmit the NAS cure information across the internet. Johnny and Jane watch from afar as the Pharmacon headquarters goes up in How? flames from public outcry. How? So, yeah, apparently the riot, that's still ongoing. Right. But they managed to get into that one level. That's a whole <laughs> other movie that we should have been watching. Um, yeah, so apparently in the Japanese version, uh, there is actually a lot more about the rioting that goes on. There's, like, news reports. There's, like, news anchors on the ground while it's going on. Um it yeah, sounds like the I... Japanese version's actually a competent movie. Well, that's the thing, because this, as I said, was heavily edited by the producers yeah. to make it slightly, in quotes, more mainstream. But by doing that, it's obviously butchered it to a point where it's fallen off with most audiences, because I'm pretty sure on like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, this scores really, really poorly. Saying that, with a lot of movies like this, it does gain a bit of a cult following. Because a the aesthetics are fucking cool. Uh, the, I think the characters for what they are are very cool. You know the idea behind them. Um, maybe not the execution, but if you're a fan of cyberpunk and the kind of, I would even say like a, a nostalgia fan. You know for nineties kind of movies. This is 
like it, this is it in its purity isn't it like i was trying to describe this movie to you before and i just said this for me is the perfect definition of what guilty pleasure is right because this is from an era a bygone time which is just encapsulated a time in movie making but also caught a slight zeitgeist uh caught you as a film watcher like as someone that wants to what's the word i'm looking for uh, someone that's very kind of open-minded and taking in all sorts of different types of media yeah, at a time. So, a film enthusiast, a film connoisseur. A film enthusiast. But I'm, I'm talking as well as not only watching movies, but, you know, playing video games, yeah. reading books, comics, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, your your, your mind's developing and growing and your, your tastes are, are changing and developing through the different media that you're consuming. And I feel like Johnny Mnemonic has just got that really sweet spot where you know it catches that element of the internet, uh, that very sort of like gothic cyberpunk, which is a little bit too bright and clean version of it's a it's a brighter and clean version of Blade Runner in a yeah. sense. You know what I mean? And when I watch this movie back, it just draws me back into that sort of that time frame, and you know it's 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 hard to. Uh, it's, you can probably hear in the world I'm almost like struggling to explain this because it is, it is I feel it is difficult to explain that how much a movie like this can mean to somebody because it's a out and out shit movie yeah like let's not be around the bush this is fucking <laughs> this is shit um, but yeah it's it's great because it just encapsulates a, a time period it's like a time capsule which you can just delve back into. Um, yeah, I feel like there's so many other similar virtuosity with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe is a better version of this sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd love to see the Japanese version. Hmm. I'd love to see a remake with competence behind it. But as it stands, yeah. the movie is. Fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. I like this movie. Um, I, we'll wish, we'll I kind of wish I'd this. seen it as a kid because I could come into it and be yeah. like, yeah, I get it. I love it. But maybe that's what I'm trying to almost say yeah. to you and maybe why again. You know, we had this discussion with um, was it Hocus Pocus. Oh, we've had it a couple of times. Yeah, Universal Soldier was one. Yeah, Hocus Pocus was another. Yeah, I got to watch it like at a young age, and at the time it was like either released or just mm. thereafter, and it sort of probably captured me as I was in that target demographic, and it taps into, as I say, that nostalgia effect. It's like, yeah, this movie is shit, but fucking, it's it's my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, so I, I think yeah, it's it's a strange one. It, like, it'd be interesting to find a film maybe that you've watched that I've not seen that has that similar effect for you. I'll have a think. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Answers on a postcard. Until then, I think next week, can we do The Devil's Advocate? Uh, it's a Devil's Advocate. A Absolutely. I'd love no, to do The film Devil. sucks. Like, it's amazing, but it's terrible. Do you know what? Because I always think of The Devil's Advocate, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's a great movie. But then I always get, like, uh, segued into End, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Also a bad movie, Not So Guilty. Uh, and and that's got... What's his fucking Gabriel face? Uh Gabriel yeah. Byrne, yeah, the uh, knockoff. The knockoff Al Pacino. Uh, Al Pacino. Yeah. No, yeah. Let, let's do Devil's Advocate because 
Yeah, yeah. It's got the single greatest speech in cinema history. Or could we do like a double feature then? Oh, like no, God. The, the Devil's do... Advocate's already two hours, 40 minutes. Like, <laughs> But that Fair has enough. been Johnny Mnemonic. It has been. And I enjoyed myself. I feel Craig's going to go stick his head in another. I'm right okay now. with talking to you about it, but it was awful to watch. Really bad. Yeah. Re- really bad. Uh, if you don't hear more from us on films we may or may not like, you can follow us on Instagram Adam, at Adam and Craig's GPC. We're on Twitter at Adam and Craig. Do you know what? I'm going to see if I can change any of that shit just to Adam and Craig because yeah. cool. I feel like Adam and Craig GPC and then Adam and Craig Guilty Pleasure Cinema on Facebook. Yeah, change it all to Adam. Just, just, just be, uh, I'll see if I can. We are on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, if iTunes. You, if you just you know, type just, in Adam and Craig, you'll there, fucking find it. There's not it? another Adam and Craig in the world. So I don't think there is. Go for that I on Google. Very You'll find our faces. Unique pair. <laughs> unique pairing. Um, we are. Yeah, we're going to do Devil's Advocate next week. Thank you. Yeah, cool. I'm down yeah, with thank that. Thank you for enduring this chat. I think I've handled it all better than I handled Legion. Yeah, you've grown as a person. I really have, definitely. and you know what? That's <laughs> great. This is such a bad film. I just can't get over it. It's so bad. Fair. Hey, tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, we're really selling it. Cool. See you guys next week. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about. So the two reach the low-tech base and learn from J-Bone that Jones is actually a fucking fish. Uh, once used by mammal. the Navy, which it... was that? Dolphins that's, and mammals. That's the joke. Oh, I'm so I sorry. Think. I didn't know you were doing that. I just thought you got it wrong. Why would I get that wrong? It's what Johnny Mnemonic calls him. He's like, yeah. the fish, and then he gets zapped. Got you. Carry on. Right, Do it again. See, yeah. I won't interrupt you. No, no, no. It, that time is gone. It is.